0: We always say seat time is king, so sit on down and listen in to Motorsports Tech Talk with your hosts Brian and Eric. Eric, how's it going?
1: Oh, I'm doing all right, buddy. Uh, how about you?
0: Uh, pretty good. Um, just signed up for the the second Spec Miata race at Mid Ohio, so looking, looking forward to that. Always a good, always Mid Ohio is a great track, and uh, I like it and i definitely uh don't mind it's one of the tracks i don't mind racing three times a year in in nasa great lakes whereas ncm i do like it's just the drive is is very long i I love this i I much prefer the two and a half hour drive to mid ohio Mm -hmm. um i guess maybe eh, closer to three at time it depends how fast you're going i guess but uh (laughs) but yeah it's it's because it's People always think Gingerman's the closest. We're like, no, Mid Ohio is actually slightly closer, I think. But, um, but that's kind of how it is.
1: Yeah, I, every time I go, um, whatever navigation system I'm using has me going through some like weird Ohio backroads. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's probably physically closer, but drive time because I'm going through something that's 45 and there's a stop sign every fucking hundred feet (laughs) it ends up taking longer but yeah I mean like you said two and a half three hours so and the track is um as long as the weather's good I love that track it's phenomenal it's one of my favorite it's um you know somewhere probably behind the full course of VIR. it's probably competitive with Red Atlanta but um Mm-hmm. i guess the point is it's a great track you know so
0: yeah yeah it's yeah, it's it's notorious for its uh very slick rain line uh or difficult rain line i mean basically the i found it was similar actually at audubon as well uh just the the race line because they haven't repaved in so long is, is super polished from all the indie cars and prototypes and i mean people are racing there like all year round all the pros and all the Kind of amateur stuff too mm-hmm. so it's just polished nice and smooth so as soon as it gets wet and you know then the rubber also acts kind of as like a i don't know like a like a lubricant yeah like a lubricant and uh you just you have to stay off the race line to go fast so it it means and it can be tricky because a lot of times that'll be on the outside of the corner so mm-hmm. you have very little margin to correct if you have a little bit of a slip Right as soon as you touch that grass, you're just getting shot off potentially in the wall, so right?
1: yeah, no, I mean, it's um I really had a good learning experience with that at a GoPro motorsports complex, the car track okay. down in North Carolina. Um, like i I physically knew right that I mean that's the pretty standard fare is when it rains, the rain line is off the normal race line. You know it's a very you know, standard approach. Um, it's still really hard to get out of that uh, zone, though. Like even to a track mm-hmm. I've never been bef- at before. You know you're just generally like, there's my apex. This is how I want to track out. And uh, so, anyways, eventually when I got a control of myself, I said, No, 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 buddy, mm. stay off of that. It was, it was phenomenally better you know so it's a, it's yeah. a very real thing you know except mid ohio has uh runoff going across the track you know
0: yeah that too they'll have pretty <laughs> much
1: creeks <laughs> on the track so yeah. that, that does add some uh spice to it
0: yeah i've seen some people crash yeah you know, going down the straight because they they hit those they hit those streams and it just sends them off
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: um but you know, you know one thing that uh, helps with uh, traction in low grip conditions. No, what's that? That would be a differential.
1: And what's a differential?
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, because uh, <laughs> this episode we thought we'd do a little intro to to diffs. They're uh, kind of inspired by me just recently rebuilding one and and throwing it in the Miata Uh, so yeah we just thought we'd kind of go over through the basics different types uh, pros and cons of different ones and uh, yeah Mm -hmm. so but why uh, why would you and why why does a differential even exist uh, in a car
1: you know that's a fantastic question they're big and heavy and there's parts and gears. I don't want it, um, <laughs> but yeah. I guess at the, at the most basic, right? Uh, if you go around a corner, and we're gonna keep this super easy, you know, steady state. Pretend you're in a horse and buggy, right? You don't have slip angle, nothing, right? Just going around a corner, you're or you're a record, like on a record. Think of a record spinning on a record player, right? Um one of your tires is going to be further into the corner than the outer tire. Right. Um, so they have, they have different radiuses or radii, um, from your center of rotation. Right. Um, and this will all be based off the concept that with a constant Um, rotational velocity, omega, in this case. So again, let's go back to the record player. The record, it's all one fixed disc. It's spinning at a one speed, right? Degrees per second, radians per second, however you want to measure it. Well, if you think about the point that's further outside compared to the point that's further inside, uh, in one rotation, it's going to make a longer arc. So it's traveled more than the other point. So that means its velocity is actually greater. And what this means for a car is when you're going around your corner, your outside tire actually has to turn more or rotate more than your inside tire. Right? Um, Mm -hmm. If you think of a standard vehicle layout uh front engine rear wheel drive sort of thing this isn't a thing in the front because the two wheels aren't connected you know or at least not in that manner Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um but in the rear when you're powering them you have axles going to each side they're coupled together so this differential allows your two tires to turn at different speeds and this is while it's powering them or driving them forward. So that's mm-hmm. a long but very dumbed down version of why you'd have one. Pretty sweet, huh?
0: Yeah. So yeah. And in and, and specifically, you know, that's that's talking about cuz I think a lot of times people when they say differential, they're thinking of the the full kind of assembly that you see in a car, but it, it kind of has you know there's several different parts that are in common vehicle differentials. Cause the the actual differential is only the, the, the little kind of the center section that's between the kind of the output of the differential and the the ring gear. So um uh in a in a in a car usually there there's it, it kind of the differential is where that kind of whole assembly is, is having, has extra purposes too. Uh, you know, Not only is it allowing uh, one tire to spin at a different speed than another, uh, it also, it's also transferring the power from kind of uh, longitudinally or, uh, uh, I guess down the center of the car and then and shifts the power towards the outside of the wheels. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's turning, it's turning the power 90 degrees basically since, yes. you know, going from your engine, uh, into your wheels. Uh, and then an extra bonus of that is because it's, uh, you're using a, a pinion gear and then a ring gear, you can, you can change that ratio to change kind of that, uh, overall, you know, gear reduction, uh, in your drive line. So, yeah.
1: So, um, um, the, the part that you're talking about, um, which again, like you said, there's. it's weird because we call the differential the assembly, right? That's very common. It's not just something weird we're doing. But specifically, it is, um, depending on the diff that you have, it'll be the center section, spider gears, worm gears, whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the functionality you're talking about is very easy to visualize if you just think about like two spur gears or gears that are 45 degrees cut. So they're Mm -hmm. axially 90 degrees from each other. That's all the ring and pinion is doing really, right? Yep. Your, your drive shaft is connected to the pinion and it's rotating that, which, you know, has some cool, uh, I guess offset and cuts, um, which is all a trade off of strength and noise, but, um, and that turns the ring, and that's how you're getting that ninety degree split, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but I guess, and that, but that's specifically talking about kind of your conventional rear wheel drive differential. Um, in front wheel drives, uh, there isn't a separate differential housing and assembly. Uh, it's it's all contained within the transmission. So in that case, yeah, it's just basically that that diff. Uh, insert or center you know section is then attached to a kind of a similar final drive ratio arrangement so usually they're they're not it doesn't have to be a 90 degree it just can be kind of a, a, a standard spur gear pair that you're that they're selecting the final ratio there um, and then i guess the last type would be your kind of transaxle like a rear rear transaxle so like a Corvette or. Maybe some uh, most mid-engine cars, uh, where the transmission's in the back of the car, and so again the differential can be kind of contained uh, within the transmission assembly. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that's usually. I guess those are different layouts that you'll find the differential in, and then you can get you know crazier with all-wheel drive cars where they'll have three differentials: a front, a center, and a rear, in order to be able to. Again, it's for the same reason you need, since you have uh, the wheels being powered in the front and the rear, you need the the outside wheels on the front and rear to now spin at different speeds going around corners. And then on top of that, then you have uh, a split uh, between front and rear. So, Mm -hmm. and, and again, that, that can just be caused by basically this the same reason the 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 front of the car with with the wheels being turned might have a slightly different kind of turning turning radius as the the rear so um yeah. ultimately so yeah you're just you're just getting you're just adding even more differentials in there uh, um all the diffs yeah so but uh but yeah but but our kind of main focus today is on that the 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 differential itself the the part that is allowing those those uh, the the left and right side wheels to spin um, at different speeds. So, with that kind of basic explanation out of the way, we can go into kind of the different types that you'll see in in cars, race cars, all different, even ATVs, all the everything. A lot of th- I mean, everything that has at least two powered wheels. Anything that's not a motorcycle is going to have a diff. Yes. So
1: yeah, so um, I guess we we start with the problem of the standard diff, right? Your open diff. Um, this is what you're going to find on most cars, especially if they're not sport edition, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's cheap and it does the job, which is why it's pretty common. Uh, it's generally <clears throat> it's what we call an open diff. Um, so This center section that we keep referring to, um, you know, is attached to your ring gear and it's, it's got a few spur gears on it. Um, and I mean, they, they allow the diff to do its job where the left and the right side can spin at different rates. Um, the thing is there's, it's weird to not illustrate, but, um, if you just take my word for it, at least for now, right? There's no reaction going on in there anywhere, right? No force or torque reaction. So what'll happen is uh, effectively your torque path is gonna be the path of least resistance. So an extreme example is if you have one tire on ice and the other tire is on asphalt, Uh, if you have an open diff, you will be stuck because your tire that's on the ice is what's mm-hmm. going to spin the one on the asphalt, because there's nothing reacting against the other one. Um, you know, that torque that's coming through, um, is going to just be stationary because they're allowed to spin at different speeds now. Um, yep. So it's a great way to turn your car into a one wheel drive car. So, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, If you, if you, if you go on YouTube and look and look up, you know, some uh, burnout videos of people in like front wheel drive cars, uh, very often you'll see them do the, the one wheel peels. And that's, that's the, that's the reason for it. Once kind of one wheel starts to slip and you're using the brakes to hold the car from moving forward, it, it just, it'll hold the one and then the other one just goes crazy. So it's always funny to see those uh, videos.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty funny. And you'll see them too on, um, I mean, I've even seen it on, I mean, this is heavy quotes around the phrase sports cars, but like seen them on F bodies, you know, Mm -hmm. someone will do a one wheel peel, Um, you know, especially those sports cars with the lower trim engine package, you know, they might be open, but um, I guess, so that's the extreme example Um. But now, if we start talking about being on track, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you you can revert to that extreme example. Um, if you're tripoding or if you pick up a tire somewhere, um, Mm -hmm. then all your power is going to go to that tire, and again, you're not going to be powered. You know, it's in the air. Might as well be on ice, right? Mm -hmm. Um. But to a much less extreme case, what you're going to see is, um, you know, as you go around a corner, you have some weight transfer, as we've discussed before. Um, So you load the outside tire, the inside one gets unloaded, right? And maybe it's still on the ground, but there's a lot less normal force on it now, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's where a lot of your power is going to go. You might be able to spin that up. You know, um, but I, I guess my point is, on track, you don't necessarily need to, you know, dip a tire onto ice or snow to be unhappy with your open diff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then we start talking about how do you get around that, and you need something to, um, you know, react uh, this this torque so that. It'll go to the other tire, the, the less loaded tire. Um, I mean, you mentioned you were just swapping yours out in the spec Miata. What do you, what do you use there?
0: So specifically it was a, um, I mean a lot of times people call it by, they'll call them a torzin, but that's, that's the brand, uh, you know, like Kleenex or whatever, instead of tissue, uh, you know, tissues, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's an automatic torque biasing differential or um, kind of a, a gear gear style limited slip. Um, so in in that case, you have uh, a, a a lot of <laughs> basically a bunch of different uh, kind of helical gears inside the uh, housing as well as uh, there is usually a clutch that's mainly used for, uh, kind of dampening out the, the reaction. But, uh, basically you're making, uh, my understanding of it is you're, you're kind of, it's all based on like the helix angle, uh, of the gears and, and, and how they interact with each other, but it's, it's making, it's basically making a, a, a bias, ultimately a bias ratio that, um, that allows up to a certain amount of torque to be, like torque discrepancy between the two wheels. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe if it's, I don't know what the kind of, what the ratios convert into like percentage, but, you know, basically based on that ratio. So say I think a Miata is around a 2.5 to one. That means you can have kind of two and a half times more torque on, I guess, or uh, I guess less grip on one side then in the other before it starts to just send power ultimately to the, the one with least resistance. Okay. Um, so the, the way the Torzin, I is one downside of the torsen is that, uh, if you say lift the tire, it can, it, it will spin that tire cause it can't do a hundred percent basically. Right. Yeah. You know, biasing. It can only do say 80% or so. Um, so, but, but what's nice about it is it's, it's relatively kind of, uh low wear and maintenance compared to some of the other ones we'll we'll talk about um but uh it's definitely one of the most common style of differentials uh, as far as kind of sports cars are concerned uh yes
1: uh and it was well, weird i guess just as an interjection um from the ones i've used and i albeit they were very high mileage right but Um, a lot of this ratio or this this bias you're talking about is coming from these worm gears reacting against each other, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which gears can do just fine. They do it all the time. But a lot of the very high mileage uh, ones I've seen, uh, some of the gears are, you know, worn, which is a Mm -hmm. shame. You know, I mean, (laughs) again, you know, I think I changed the oil... In mine, which uh, presumably had never been changed before I got it, right? Mm-hmm. And on uh, my Beater Me on it, like 230,000 miles. So, you know, and it's still biased, <laughs> right? It wasn't junk. Yeah. So, this isn't, you know, a warning to anybody. But uh, I was actually surprised to see uh, metal chunks coming out of my diff. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah, one of the diffs I had gotten to to use as a kind of a core for for mine was had the same issue. So uh, I'm not sure what causes that. I don't know if that's people mistreating their vehicles or just high mileage or yeah, mm-hmm. hard to say. But uh, uh, but yeah, so they're, 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 it's a very popular style. Uh, in, in most cases, as long as you're not lifting a wheel, which even when you are you maybe you're that's a quarter entry you're hitting a curb by the time you kind of get on the power it should have settled by then um, maybe if you hit enough like enough of a puddle that really slows you down or somehow you're racing on half ice half asphalt or something uh, then you'd have the problem uh, I guess also it's it's not the it's it's not the best diff for say your streetcar when driving through say ice and uh, and snow mm-hmm it will help. It will help, but it won't be as good as some of the other, uh, types that we're, we'll talk about next.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, so the, the tours I'd say is the most common kind of sports car diff. Uh, the most common overall is definitely the open. It's, it's going to be your lowest cost, cheapest option. It's going to be fine for, you know, 99% of people just driving around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, outside of snowy or, you know, really wet conditions, uh, it's going to be just fine. And, and even in wet, it should, again, they, you shouldn't be having so little traction. You can't get up a hill or something. It's, right. But, um, but from there you get into, um, well, well I guess the, before you jump off, just
1: cause you mentioned that, um, It's also semi-worth noting that it's, um, I'm about to very generically address this, so it's not a universal truth, but any locking or torque biasing diff um, is generally going to be more oversteer prone. Um, So for the generic population, Mm -hmm. if they're in bad weather and they don't really know what they're doing understeers the um safer route right it's designed into vehicles so that's another another reason why it might be used you know
0: yeah yeah so i guess you could then ask i mean we 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 explained why you need a differential but like what happens if you don't have one well um that's you know, those do exist. I mean, so one common way that maybe uh, drag racers most commonly, uh, and then some some road course uh, uh, racers will do is they'll take their open differential and they'll weld the, the those kind of planetary looking gears uh, in the differential together. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not the pinion to the ring gear. Exactly. You weld
1: the spiders. <laughs> you weld the spider gears. Yes. Just those. Not. Not the others let yeah. those <laughs> ones turn
0: <laughs> uh, but uh but you, so you weld those together and you're effectively locking the the you know your two sides together your front your left and right side together and making effectively uh, what what's known as a spool differential so a spool is the is what would actually be installed in a in a vehicle if you if you just wanted a, a no differential but ultimately all all spool is just a bar connecting the your two half shafts together basically like yeah like yeah so uh spool i don't i don't know if any outside of probably really really old you know like wagons and, and yeah like the first cars and stuff i don't know what cars had spools i think certain certain like probably like you know atvs and stuff might have spools
1: yeah uh definitely some atvs do i've seen them Um, but I mean, in the commercial world, they're pretty, pretty rare. Um, I mean, some, some of the ATVs I've seen, um, there, there's no differential, but when they're that cheap, they're not going to add a spool. Mm -hmm. So it's just like Mm -hmm. one solid axle with the actual, um, sprocket just directly attached to this. Axle bar that goes all the way from the left to the right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, for the bigger ones, um, you know, that maybe have suspension movement, right? So they need half shafts or something. They'll have a spool. Um, I've Mm -hmm. seen it in a couple formula cars where their main goal is to Mm -hmm. reduce weight. Um, Because as you mentioned, all it is is, you know... Uh, a direct connection from the left to the right end so it's it's the lightest option um, so if that's your goal mm-hmm. spool's the answer but uh, you're right it's definitely pretty uncommon
0: yeah yeah but in so in drag racing it works just fine because ultimately you you definitely don't want one side slipping over the other and you're just going in a straight line and yeah, it might, uh, chatter. You basically, your, your tires will skip around a little bit when you're driving through the, the pit lane or through the paddock. Uh, but you know, you'll be, it does the job. It keeps the car straight and keeps both wheels spinning, uh, you know, at the same speed. And there's no, no worry about one slipping and losing, you know, losing some of that very precious forward thrust that you need in drag racing which is the only goal of it um <laughs> yeah so yeah it's it's great for great for drag racing um so uh, and i've seen it used also in kind of your cheaper endurance racing or racing in general um i imagine there's drift car drift car bros it's that do huge it too. in the
1: drift community uh oh, welding anyway
0: yeah so but it does have some downsides um for that, you know, because you're now locking your left and right hand side together, it's basically it's going to cause your car to understeer because it it's going to your car's just going to have a natural resistance to turning because those wheels are now uh, not wanting to, you know, turn independently while you're going through the corner. So turn in, you can have some understeer turn out can also have some understeer but it also has this kind of nice effect of almost straightening the car out under power Mm uh especially if you use a little bit of toe in uh it's you kind of have those wheels driving together uh kind of almost pushing the car to to straighten it out because they're both spinning at the same rate and and uh all naturally the car just wants to be centered you know going straight so It can, it can help some, some oversteer problems when exiting corners and high power cars. Um, It's also very predictable. Yes. Very, very, very predictable. I imagine it can cause some tire wear issues because you're kind of uh, sliding kind of one side or the other. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but uh, I feel like it would have some sort of effect on it.
1: Yeah. You have, but you definitely have more scrub for sure
0: yeah so but overall it's i mean it's even cheaper than an open diff uh, unless you're i mean if you take an open diff and weld it it's it's slightly more expensive than an open diff because you had to pay for that mig wire or whatever you use to <laughs> weld it together yeah but um <laughs> but like a spool is the cheapest you can get it's it's you know you get rid of those those uh you know those spider gears and the the, the center pin and all that stuff and just just have a bar going across so uh, yeah, in terms of racing and like formula cars, like they, have you know, like you said, they've been seen. And, you know, if you already have your open diff that came with your car, cause you're racing a Dodge neon or something and, and, and champ car or whatever, then mm-hmm. yeah, you can just weld that together and you're going to definitely see a benefit in traction, uh, but potentially, uh, some detriment to handling at least turn in, turn in is going to be a lot more difficult. um, but your exit will be a lot, a lot easier. So,
1: yeah. And, um, I mean, it, it's worth noting, um, especially if you're driving around to low speeds, it's gonna wear your parts a lot faster.
0: yeah. Um,
1: yeah. cause as you mentioned, you'll have that tire chirping. What's going to happen is the, um, one of the tires, uh, I think it seems to be the inside most often. Um, is going to stick and then slip. So that mm-hmm. the tire, the rubber itself, is going to wind up and then it's going to slip um, when these two are directly connected. Because again, they want to spin at different rates, but they can't. So you have this, it's not really binding because the rubber is, you know, taking up that motion. Um, but you have this stick slip sort of condition. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just a lot harder on that end you know it'll depend on what the weakest point is in the car um but you know your axles at least certainly won't enjoy it so um
0: mm-hmm.
1: i guess that's just that's yeah. worth noting yeah
0: so yeah that's definitely one thing to look out for um so yeah i mean so it, you know your spool or your welded uh, open diff kind of they have they have their places definitely in 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 racing and uh but ultimately it's kind of a uh it's just kind of a low cost uh option to to kind of get you out there and maybe get get a little more performance uh, uh i guess i would say the next the next step uh would I'd say be viscous. Or, uh yeah viscous so Viscous limit slips are, are also pretty common in, in, in road cars. Uh, sometimes they're try they, they're somewhat advertised in sportier cars, but, uh, so with, with a viscous style, it's, it's using as, as the name suggests, using an oil fluid to create that kind of, uh, slippage ratio, uh, between, you know, uh, the input and output, uh, the main, uh, the main problem with a viscous diff is that, uh, as that fluid heats up, it's going to lose the viscosity and basically you're going to get closer and closer to an open diff as, as it gets hotter. So in a racing environment, that's, uh, definitely the, the least favored, uh, type of limited slip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, but I mean, in...
1: personally, I'm not a huge fan of them either just because they, that, Fluid is non-Newtonian, so a lot of it comes from how fast it's spinning, right? Is Mm -hmm. that that bias you referenced is directly related to how fast it's spinning, which is the point. It's how it's designed. But if you're concerned about temperature and you want more bias and you need to spin it faster, (laughs) but that's not going to help your temperature problem, (laughs) right? Yeah. So um,
0: yeah, it's kind of. You know, self-defeating yeah
1: exactly
0: <laughs> i mean where where it's good is is you're just standard kind of road car driving around mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the wet in the snow no it's gonna especially. be just fine um very common in all-wheel drive cars so like your subaru wrx um you uh, i think even like some the the mitsubishi evo i think at some point had uh they had switched to electronic d- differentials at least in the center and maybe the rear. Um I think Evo 9 had a electronic rear diff maybe I, I can't remember and then the Evo 10 had had two electronic diffs I think but um which that's kind of that's, that's kind of a modification of uh a lot of times of the kind of the the clutch style which we'll we'll get into I think next. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're just using an electric motor to kind of modify the the slippage, uh, like you know, adjusting basically adjusting a clutch or, or something within it to 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 have some electronic way to adjust uh, the bias. But um, but yeah, but viscous they're 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 definitely very common in like those like '90s and early 2000s all-wheel drive cars. Um, they're they're relatively low cost compared to your uh, torsen. Uh, and your clutch style limited slips, and uh, as far as I can tell, low maintenance and everything, it's just uh, worrying about that fluid, uh, which yep. is just the which is what lubricates the gears. It's you know, it's just the diff fluid is, is also what's doing the, the viscous coupling. So, mm-hmm. as long as you're changing that out, it should be okay. So, uh, but as we said, for racing, it's kind of the almost least appealing option because of that heat problem. Um, I remember uh, talking to someone who who they tried in Champ Car to race a, there was a Subaru Legacy, uh, which was all wheel drive with viscous couplings in at least two of the three diffs, and uh, basically they said the thing just became one wheel drive <laughs> after a couple hour, or after like you know twenty minutes or whatever on track, mm-hmm. and everything got super hot. It's just only one wheel one to do anything at that point because it's just having it's just having open effectively open diffs front rear and center and just
1: (laughs) very frustrating
0: not not uh not ideal not ideal um so um but yeah i guess the the next style we could talk about is your your clutch style your salisbury i think is it's sometimes called
1: yeah well um i guess let's yeah so everything we've talked about up until now is a torque um, multiplying diff, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned that ratio quite a few times. Um, it's there's a there's a number that you know you can multiply one side to the other by to have this torque differential. Um, but also, as you mentioned uh, when you were reviewing the the Quaith or the you is uh if one of those tires or wheels didn't have any grip uh something times zero is still zero so uh, (laughs) you're just kind of out of luck in that case um a clutch style diff um, it's standard um or the way to look at it is it's locked until it's not Right. So this Mm -hmm. is not uh, a torque multiplying diff. Um, What's going to happen is you have, you know, I guess the easiest way to think about it is the left and the right are coupled together with a clutch pack that has some really high preload. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're effectively locked together until for some reason there's such a huge differential of uh, torque between the left and the right that it allows the clutches to slip, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, this, is, this one's my favorite just because of that attitude, right? It's, you know, it starts locked, you know, quote-unquote locked. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- this one's um, a much more racer-friendly version um there's the huge downside that the clutches wear um if you have a race car everything's a wear item so i guess you probably don't care um but i know for oes or some oes care about this um which is why they wouldn't put clutch styles in their cars they think people are going to track because they don't want their customers coming back complaining that their clutches are worn out um so that's that's a very real thing is you know, your clutches are a wear item. But for racing, um, you know, you can adjust the preload on the clutches. You can adjust the number of the clutches, um, ramp angle, things like that, um, which we'll get into in another podcast when we can illustrate things a little better. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess that's that's the most basic way to describe how this one works and why, why I like it anyway, so
0: yeah it's definitely definitely the most common for quote unquote real race cars as you could as you could call them um, yeah it has it yeah it has a lot of nice factors in that yeah it's 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 locked initially uh, based on that preload you can adjust that preload you can adjust your you know your clutch packs the number of clutch you know clutch packs and and floating plates you have in there Yeah. Um, And all, and then also you can adjust your ramp angle, as you said. So it it offers a lot of adjustability, which in racing is is very good because, uh, you know, a lot of times you got to dial your car in. If if you have no way to do that, just the more tools you have to 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 adjust to change the way the car is acting, that just the better you should be able to to get the balance set up. So, um, it's definitely the most it's definitely the best for a full on race car, which again, it it does wear. So, but if you're, if it's a, I mean like, you know, Formula One cars, they're changing the engine out every couple races and they'd be doing it every race if the rules didn't make them (laughs) keep it, keep it in there. Um, But like, yeah, for, 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 you know, prototype, you know, LMP one teams and DPI teams, like they're having to replace, major assemblies in their vehicle and transmissions and all that stuff very often it's it, you know having to replace a diff to them is, is not a big uh that big of a concern but for probably you and me uh yeah having to i mean it, it, c- it can be just as simple as you need to remove your diff every season and replace the clutches uh or maybe every few seasons mm-hmm. um depending on how much you race you know it's, it's not like you're tr- you're trashing the diff <laughs> Uh, right. You know, every couple races, but, uh, you know, you just, you have to have those parts ready and, you know, plan to do a rebuild every once in a while. Um, uh, and another thing, um, uh, that I also see as far as tuning and uh, I think we'll probably get more to it in, in maybe a later episode, but you can also use, uh, there, there's also can be friction modifiers in the, uh, in the oil that can also change that kind of, uh, biasing or, or lock up behavior, um, Mm -hmm. so that uh yeah so different oil manufacturers will also have different oils you can uh, check out so that's one way you can potentially uh mess with your diff um
1: well and if you have one of those diffs you need to have a friction modifier in it Um, yes so if you have a clutch dial, and you're listening to this and you want to change your fluid even if it's just basic maintenance you will have diff fluid and the friction modifier that it has to go in. Um, mm-hmm. otherwise you'll have horrible noises and wait, rate <laughs> coming out of it. So, so you need yeah. that.
0: So, yep. So make sure you're, you're, you're careful with that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess those are kind of the major ones, especially in racing. There, there's a couple other types. Um, uh, kind of a, hmm? uh,
1: just because it's so similar, let's let's stop with the, uh, the electronic LSD. Um, and that's all the ones I've seen. I'm not saying nothing else in this world exists, but all the ones I've seen are based off of a clutch style diff. Um, Mm -hmm. but they use an electric solenoid to control that, uh, preload on those clutch packs Um, and depending on the architecture um, you know they can just bias entirely one direction or another so that's um, that's how you can have an active uh, electronic differential you know um, you have obviously software and vehicle dynamics equations telling you what to do and when but that's the concept is most electronic diffs are changing this preload on the clutch to allow your tires to either rotate separately from each other more easily or to lock them up. Um, and this will feed back into playing a, uh, a role in like your, uh, stability control, you know, for some Mm -hmm. of those reasons you mentioned before of, uh, you know, how it'll make the car understeer or oversteer. Um, Depending on which direction it's going in, so.
0: Yeah, well, and I guess one thing to look out for is some some car manufacturers will advertise they have an electronic diff, but what it really is is just it's breaking uh, one axle or one side over the other in order to uh, kind of adjust that, that, kind of change reduce the slip in, on one side versus the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, some. Uh, like some BMWs and things like that if you're not getting the M you know BMWs that'll say oh it has an electronic diff but it's it's really just it's it's braking one side uh, electronically it was since you know cars have electronic parking brakes and everything and ABS and all those sorts of things actually it, it, I think it's more on the ABS side but um yeah but basically it's it's they're using just the brakes to adjust that that's uh Yes. Not, not ideal, and and it's gonna definitely in a racing situation the brakes can get very hot with those types of systems.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's um, what you're describing is is another method of um, what a lot of manufacturers have used for torque vectoring. Um, mm-hmm. So they, I mean that, that's exactly what this is, right? Except it might it might also do it on the front for some reason, um, but they they break different axles to like change um, the car's attitude or behavior and um, yeah I mean uh, that's that's what they do um, for you know dynamics purposes but uh, I was talking to a gentleman who had a I believe it was an ST um, it wasn't an RS and I think think um, I think only the larger one had torque vectoring so it would have been a focus st um, that's if memory serves I'm not you know uh, 100% certain uh, mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm, I'm certainly had an st but not 100% certain it was a focus um, but anyways he talked about having thermal issues uh, a lot, right? He was saying it's, it's a fun car to drive around the track until you get it more than a couple laps in. Then that torque vectoring system, just overheating the piss out of your brakes. Um, so for track days, right, not races, track days, he's going through brake pads every couple of weekends. So that's 20-minute sessions, Right a handful of 20 minute sessions a day and he's running through brake pads. Uh, so we sold the car and bought a Miata because as we both know Miatas <laughs> are the greatest. So
0: yeah. But has, I mean I think I I agree with that decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um but yeah, I mean, but also the the brakes can sometimes also be used in like stability control programs and things like that. So it's mm-hmm. It, but it, it's effectively you are they're, they're using an open differential, but then trying to use the brakes kind of to create a little bit of, of a differential effect. Um, so just, that's one thing to be careful with an actual electronic diff is, is very nice and advanced and is it's pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it might be in a racing situation a little too heavy and to, to really be super useful, um. But, um, but it could be pretty cool to be able to kind of adjust on the fly. Um, I know with, with all wheel drive vehicles, having an electronic center diff is very nice because then you can basically change that torque bias front to rear. Um, so that can help with some of the balance issues that, uh, all wheel drive cars can have.
1: Yes. Um, so I think you do have to be very personally, i I would be careful about that, um, Because, I mean, you're exactly right. Um, In some cars, you can change that torque bias, you know, in 10% increments or whatever, right? So you can have an all-wheel drive car that's mostly rear wheel, right? Mm -hmm. That's sweet. Um, But a lot of cars today, mostly for emissions, um, have have a clutched center diff, but it's reversed from what we're talking about. So, it's always open Mm -hmm. um, until the clutch engages and sends power to the rear. Yes. So, your all-wheel drive car is really a front-wheel drive car 90% of the time. (laughs) And then, generally, just because of use case, um, they don't size that center diff to be able to transfer even half. Right? I think there's uh, Mm -hmm. some Audis, like the lower-end ones, the cheaper ones, or cheaper Audi, whatever. Um, where it's not going to send more than thirty percent of the power to the rear, which is pretty lame in my opinion.
0: <laughs> but
1: you know, I mean, they have fuel economy and emissions requirements to meet, so I, I get why it happens, and it is more efficient, especially for how most people use their car. It's uh, it's just more boring too. So.
0: Yeah, but
1: you want to talk about some of those, uh, like weird, generally not used diffs?
0: Uh, yeah, so it's another. I'd say it's a. It's an. I think it's one of the earlier, like, kind of differential designs that was come up with, which is the Cam and Paul. Um, and this is kind of a, another. So this is. It, it's almost it's 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 kind of like a it's just a locking differential where it's open until um until it it locks up uh but in this case it's using uh Paul's um also it can also be called as uh, chiclets um in a in in a carrier and based on that uh kind of that difference in speed between the wheels it'll uh, I believe it pushes the uh, the side face of the pawls into the kind of notches of the outer kind of cam housing, uh, and and locks it up that way. Um, so the the nice thing about a cam and Paul, and and these are I think pretty often found in ATVs, um, as well as uh, Formula SAE cars, is uh, <laughs> pretty much sometimes cheap and um, light
1: ish. So
0: yeah. <laughs> um what's nice about these is that they have a very kind of uh, predictable locking up uh uh kind of uh, it, they lock up predictably um so it's it'll just they'll just kind of lock together and and then unlock when once you're uh coming out of the corner or uh, coming into the corner will be open so you don't have that understeer that a, a spool has uh, but then coming out it'll lock and then you'll uh, I think a lot of times you'll feel it uh, but then you'll you'll power out pretty nicely. Um, so you can always kind of expect expect where it's going to lock up. Um, and yeah and then effectively you have the nice advantage of an open diff and corner entry and a lock diff coming out. Uh, I know the the biggest downside of these, uh, my understanding is is where uh, since it's similar to kind of like a Uh, a dog box transmission you're you're ultimately relying on kind of metal to metal contact to to to, for your differential to work um and so because of that eventually the 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 paws will wear out um and you have to replace them and then uh eventually the actual kind of outer outer track uh outer cam track will will wear out too and you have to replace that whole basically almost the whole diff assembly so yeah um as far as wear definitely not the best for say formula sae where they're racing once or twice a year and you know the cars weigh 300 pounds and yeah and it it shouldn't be a problem whereas i don't think i've ever seen this really used in like
1: anything else
0: uh, race you know like uh, non-formula sae race cars um
1: yeah i've never seen it used that way um, so
0: but no, they exist and it's it's another style uh <laughs> that you could try i guess but um yeah, but yeah maybe maybe only hmm?
1: i was just gonna say so that you have the the pauls slide against each other um and the inner and the outer um ends of that it's not really a case um both have those cam profiles so that's how they lock right is they bind on the outside as well as the inside um Mm -hmm. what's interesting though is putting it into um real world uh use i guess so to speak um is there's a bevel washer um and I believe that's gonna be holding like the Paul carrier to the rest of the assembly. So you have the outer track, the inner track, and this thing that holds the poles um, mm-hmm. and a formula car because my team uh, at least at you know a couple points did the basic bitch move of using this out of a Honda ATV. It's a very common approach. Um, though we had a drive shaft, so very uncommon there. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. But we were chasing lots of dynamics problems um, just based off of driver feel. Um, and as it turns out, our that bevel washer was, thick enough like it's standard honda sized it properly for their use right um and i guess it's probably because there's a lot more reaction with a heavier atv in mud crazy um but it had so much preload that our tires were always locked it might as well have just been a solid we could have just used a spool you know so uh, i guess that's something to pay attention to is That bevel wash is generally not looked at as a tuning tool. Um, And Mm -hmm. sure enough, you're only going to have, you know, I suppose you could have a bunch of different ones. But what we did is we just cut it down until it was about as thin as aluminum foil. And then that diff actually worked as how you described, you know, it did its job finally. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I guess just something to think about, too, is, you know, especially in that specific uh usage but just in general there's the way things are assembled uh something might be affecting the tuning when it's it's not really meant to be a tuning tool it's just whatever's a, you know using your preload or pardon assembly might uh might be affecting it so it's something to think about
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but uh but they're definitely Cam and Paul not the not the most common no. um i mean if it wasn't for formula sa i don't think i'd know about it <laughs> um same but uh i guess another type that that is common but maybe not in in kind of uh you know uh, road r- road course racing and everything is the, the detroit locker um uh the way this works is actually it's kind of similar to the clutch pack style in that it's 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 normally it's it's normal operation is locked uh and then by turning the wheels in different direction it unlocks uh, but instead of using a clutch it's kind of using a almost like a kind of some cones and a spring sort of it's um you yeah, know basically it it, it kind of it, it's kind of a clutch but it's not like your normal kind of friction material clutch it's kind of using uh, like I said, like uh, springs that, that then disengage, uh, when enough you know, basically enough resistance is applied from one side to the other. So, um, yeah, I,
1: I guess I would think of it as a very, very aggressive cam profile, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's they, you know, as you know, sort of a lot of the things we've mentioned, they bind, you know. um. Mm-hmm. Unless you have this overwhelming um, differential between the two, and then you know it's it's smooth enough to to disengage, sort of,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, these are these are very common in drag racing because uh, again, you uh, I think is really that's where it was kind of uh, come up with is, is for drag racing so that you can effectively have that uh, spool or welded diff. Um, but then when you go to turn around at the end of the, um, you know, at the end of the, at uh, the quarter mile run, then it, you're not having that extra kind of driveline shock from, you know, it slipping as it's trying to go around the corners, like unloading and loading, um, as we said before. So, you know, again, a great option for drag racing, but maybe not the best for uh, road course racing. Um, my understanding is it so it'll operate like a like a spool at turn in. It'll then basically at some point it'll lock up or I guess no, sorry, it it'll kind of act as a as an open diff in, in turn in because it'll those there's enough bias there as you're turning in to cause it to unlock. But once you are kinda in mid corner and not really applying much power, it'll then lock up again and you'll kind of have that mid corner understeer. Um, so it's, it, it has some nice qualities in that, uh, in that it does lock uh, under power and it's, it's locked under power. Um, but, uh, then it has some downsides as far as kind of, uh, you know, road course racing. So, uh, mm-hmm. outside of it needing to be used in your kind of roll set or something, um, I don't really see a a huge need to use it over, you know, the cheaper spool or welded diff option. Um, right. So there's, you know, uh, that's kind of, that's, that's most different types the the last type I've run into, um, was actually in our, in our Volvo lemon slash champ car car. Um, so the car originally, so it, It had a, I can't remember what the, it's an Eaton, some sort of Eaton uh, E-Locker? No, it's not an E-Locker. Let me look this up real quick. Um, But it has a, let's see. So it has a M-Locker, as it's called, a G80 mechanically locking differential. Um, so the way this works is it's again it, it, the basis of it is very similar to a, it. It operates as an open differential most of the time, uh, but then it also has uh, a clutch pack, uh, which will lock the the wheels when when there's uh, so it's it, it, so it's I guess it's kind of different than a clutch pack in that it's not locked. Uh, it's it's disengaged. It only locks when, when there's a difference in speed there. Um, um, but then the other trick of it is that it has, in order to reduce wear of the clutch, it has a uh, kind of a, a a lockout system for the for the clutch that at a certain speed, uh, basically as it's rotating, there's this kind of, uh, it, I don't know, it's kind of like a pawl. That, that moves out of the way as it's rotating uh, just from the centrifugal force and prevents that clutch system from activating if there's difference in wheel speed. So the whole point of this is that it's it's really just meant for your icy, snowy situations, low traction, where if there's a difference in wheel speed, it'll lock the clutches together. Uh, or the clutches will lock the, the wheels together and then uh, you'll have good traction in your, in your Volvo station wagon. Uh, you know getting up a hill or something but outside of that uh, in order to reduce clutch wear it'll just dis- basically disengage that clutch system and just be a f- normal open differential at any higher speeds like above I think it's 10 or 12 miles an hour maybe 20 uh, but so relatively low very low speeds especially in racing you'll you'll really never see mm-hmm. you know 20 mile an hour uh, at least in road course racing so it sounds like so
1: anti VTEC for your diff Right. You spin <laughs> fast enough and now you stop having fun.
0: Yes, basically. Okay. So, um, so we we ran it as it was, as it came. Uh, and, and the problem we were always having is it was just basically an open diff in racing situations. And we'd have a lot of one wheel peels coming out of corners. You'd have to wait till the car is basically perfectly straight to apply the power, uh, to get it to stop it from just spinning the wheels. Um, and it was definitely hurting our lap time by quite a bit. So instead of I don't know finding some way to shoehorn a torsen or something into it, um, which it, it's a solid rear axle, so it's it, it's pretty interesting uh, setup that it has. Um, being a I don't know kind of a station wagon, but it's it's almost more like a truck in some ways. Uh, um, but because uh, I believe this diff is also used in like the Silverado and and some other vehicles. Uh, uh, you know, in order to create that, uh, allow for, you know, better operation in icy situations. But, um, but yeah, so we, we took a look at the diff and we looked at, you know, we did some research on it and tried to figure out you know how we could make this better. And so the, the easy solution was just to weld that Paul that, that kind of moves away, uh, from the, the clutch system to, in order to, basically disengages that clutch system we welded it in place basically so it couldn't move and now effectively we had that locking the clutch activating at any speed so you know through two seasons of racing with it not too often the car doesn't really race as often as I, i wish it would but uh but when it does get out there um it you know, the for the races it did it, it. never we never wore it out at least fully. Uh, not yet. <laughs> um, we've we've gone through transmissions more than than that so far. Uh, but yeah, it, w- well, it had this really interesting behavior where it wouldn't lock immediately as you're exiting the corner. It'll kind of the car would start to drift a little. It'd spin up one, and then it would just you'd feel and almost hear a clunk. Uh, I think you can almost hear it. But basically it would clunk and then all of a sudden the car would just hold kind of the angle that it was at. So you could do some pretty nice kind of predictable uh drifts with it. It was it was pretty fun. But yeah, it was it was worth a couple seconds of lap at Gingerman. Um which is you know, if you're gonna find seconds of lap, it's gotta be at Gingerman. Yeah. Sub one forty yet. No. No, Damn. the Volvo is not sub 140. We were more excited when it was sub 150. That was the big <laughs> achievement. Our
1: shit. <laughs> but you know, for
0: a 150,000 mile, you know, straight six Volvo with that's, it probably was almost 3,800 pounds or something. Mm-hmm. I think we got it down to 30 or 2,400 because the whole, the whole uh, rear wagon. Part was all kind of cut off, so now it looks like a pickup truck. But, um, but yeah, some serious light weighting and some diff tweaks and suspension tweaks and arrow super effective arrow, very, very <laughs> unaffected arrow. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, got into the 40s, so we were pretty stoked about that, starting with a car that was struggling in the mid 50s, mid, mid to high 50s. So, um, but anyway, uh, that's another style that we that kind of fell uh, uh, kind of stumbled across but um yeah i'm sure there's a lot more just you know of big companies that came up with or maybe even small companies too that came up with wacky different types of diffs but um but ultimately the kind of the main ones we talked about are the ones at least in racing you know, you're gonna find most common um so yeah for the most part like you're yeah, your clutch style is again going to be popular for race cars because of all the different adjustments you have. Uh then you have your you also have your torsens or your your quifes or or just basically your ATB, your automatic torque biasing uh differentials. Those are going to be very nice for basically most track and race cars um that don't need the fine adjustment um and and relatively you don't have to wor- low wear, you don't have to worry about replacing clutches and everything. And then I if you can make a an open diff work, then more power to you. Otherwise, uh welding it could could definitely yield some lap time and maybe some higher power cars. Um but uh yeah, ultimately the torsen the or the, the clutch style is gonna be the the best. Uh the ideal way to go. But um But yeah, is is there anything else you can think of? Uh,
1: I guess I would leave with the parting comment on diffs, um, at least an intro to diffs, as uh, please go to the YouTubes and um, you'll find a video. You can search for how a diff works, differentials uh around the corner is the name of the video um it will definitely come up but there's an old video from 1937 um put out by someone in the auto industry i don't remember who i've heard it was gm i heard it was sae i don't know who made the video it was made in 1937 um but (laughs) it's fantastic um, oh, yeah. I go back sometimes just for a refresher because um, even though I can mathematically understand a diff, um, watching them is still somewhat magical. You know, I feel mean, <laughs> a little silly saying that, but like, put your car in the air and spin one of the tires, and the other tire will spin the opposite direction if you haven't opened it, <laughs> right? If it's locked, they'll spin the same direction. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's just mind-blowing, right? To actually, <laughs> like, it's a simple uh, concept They're simple enough, but um, still, every once in a while, I find myself getting lost. And I'm like, wait a minute, how, how does that work again? Um, you know, what's, what's going to be the load path. So please, um, if you're interested, uh, the best base you can get is watching this video. Um, again, it's called around the corner. Um, how differential steering works was made in 1937. So it's probably the only black and white video on (laughs) YouTube under differentials. Um, but it's a great video. The guy's got kind of a funny accent, and they really break it down pretty <laughs> simply. So, um, I think I've got I've got nothing yeah, those... else crazy for you. Just recommend watching that, and I might, I might post it on one of our socials somewhere just so it's easier to find. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh... I don't know, I think the the hand motions and everything, they're just so smooth. Like, the whole, it's just, I don't know, the whole video is just kind of mesmerizing.
1: It's great, right? Because he has, like, those old toys. I forgot what they were, but, you know, you have, like, those discs that look like cheese wheels and they had sticks coming out of them and stuff. And So, like, mm-hmm. they, they just break it down so simply. And you can see, like, you know, if your ring gear had one tooth every you know, ninety degrees. It had four teeth total, you can see how that would look. <laughs> and how that actually does transfer motion to the other wheel. Um and then they start breaking it down with more spokes and how that turns into gears, which you know, feeds back into your you know, design of, you know, offset and gear noise and whatever. But I yeah. I love that video. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, but uh, otherwise that kind of, uh, that covers, I guess, you know, intro to to diffs. Um, one thing, I guess real quick, I want to talk about was, uh, well, we mentioned it last week, uh, that uh, Chant Car Daytona was, uh, well, was the coming weekend, but now last weekend. Uh, and that's kind of, I think, the first big, big race. The first, I mean, I think sellout, I believe it was 120 at least 120 cars signed up. Um, so it's, and, and it's Daytona, so it's always going to bring a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, uh, we had some interesting results. Like I think I was expecting the now BBY racing Ultima to, to be up there since uh, it was the winner last year. Um, but it looks like they had an issue really early. I haven't gotten to talk to Paul yet about it but uh it's fort- unfortunate to see i mean especially in in those kind of race formats a for just a single 14 hour you can't really get it fixed and get it back out there you're just kind of you're kind of done um for the the weekend but mm-hmm. um and then the 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 good bad and the ugly uh, riley motorsports sports corvette um they made, it looks like they made some changes based on some of the extra points they got uh, from last year. Uh, still super fast. I think they were taking some penalty laps, too. Um, but it looks like they also had some sort of issue. They didn't finish the race. Um, and then the crowd control uh, Mustang that's usually up at the front there, they. I think they had a crash. So kind of the, the big three that I was expecting to be on the podium were out relatively early and, uh, yeah, left it to, uh, actually a team, uh, I raced with, uh, team infinity in the, uh, the good old shark car. Um, they were able to take the win, which is really, really awesome to see. They, um, uh, they've been, they're basically an OG of, uh, of chump car days. Uh, they've been around more longer than, I don't know, basically almost every team, that I know of. Um, if Bill strong actually raced his car, I would say maybe Bill strong has been there longer. I don't know, but he doesn't. So, um, <laughs> but, um, the, yeah, they, they, they took the win and, you know, with, you know, with all the, the speed and cost creep, uh, we've talked about before, it's good to see a team that's, you know, that's definitely a more budget team. That's been around for a while, see them competing out there and taking the win. Um, it didn't, appear to be a, a win initially because uh the Rentec uh Porsche was able to uh was finished finished in the lead but it sounds like they uh, some parts were found in tech uh that were unclaimed, so they added some points to the car and adjusted their position to 5th so right, yeah still uh still waiting on the deets of exactly what they found uh, on that car but uh but yeah it's uh it's uh yeah I'm really really happy to see infinity take the win um you know ed's ed's a really nice guy and uh, i think he uh, definitely deserves it so um but yeah i think uh otherwise the uh, i can't remember the the rest of the finishing order but uh, I think the BBY Racing Boxster got third. Uh, I'll just look it up while I'm talking here. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked to go on there this year. I, I probably should have made a little more effort since uh, NASA Nationals is, is there. And although it wouldn't be in my Miata, it would still probably be good to see the track again. But uh, um, But, you know. It it's quite a it's quite a um it's a, a bit of a, a drive or ideally a, f- a fly, but uh right. but yeah. Um but yeah, I guess a team team London got second in the E in an E thirty four. Interesting. But yeah. Uh but anyway. It's uh it is a, interesting to see the the ruling af- after finding uh some extra points they didn't dq the team um in in the past the precedent was kind of set that um that if you if any unclaimed parts were found you'd be dq'd even if you'd still be under 500 with those parts um and then now uh, i think after the good bad and the ugly incident uh they, since they didn't DQ him, I think it would, now that they set that precedent, it would be kind of bad for them to, um, to DQ that team. So I guess it's good that they're, <laughs> they're, I guess I don't like that they shifted that direction, but I guess it's okay that, uh, now they're being consistent. So, um, but otherwise it didn't seem like too much other drama. We always love the drama. Uh, everyone loves the drama, but oh, of course, definitely around here at Motorsports Tech Talk, we love drama. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that kind of covers. We just wanted to cover that real quick, but uh, yeah, otherwise, that kind of. I think that's all for today. Um, uh, as always, make sure you check out our social medias, our Facebook and our Instagram, for you know always announce when the episodes will come up maybe some little extra content here and there uh, i still need to post up the my last petriana race video so i'll probably be putting those up this week um but uh yeah otherwise uh thanks again for sticking with us this long and uh we hope to talk to you guys again soon see ya